Welcome. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource, and joining me is Pete Collins, and Pete's the CFO of Veritone. Uh, Veritone is a very interesting play on artificial intelligence, and Pete, welcome back. Thanks, Jeff. Good to be here today. So for those who missed you last time and hadn't had the benefit of that, can you just give us a quick overview of what Veritone does? Sure. Veritone fundamentally is a artificial intelligence operating system software company. Uh, the company was founded about six years ago by two brothers, uh, Chad and Ryan Steelberg. Uh, Chad especially is the uh, computer science mathematician type and uh, identified uh, opportunities uh, in artificial intelligence to create an operating system. Um, the first uh, business case that they uh, delivered it into was an advertising agency to help the advertisers uh, m uh, measure, uh, well, first of all, verify that the ads they were paying for on radio and podcasts and other mediums were actually occurring, and then measure the effectiveness of that advertising. Um, we've used that uh, as kind of a, a wedge to then um, expand the business into providing services to broadcasters in media and entertainment as well as uh, other uh, players in that space. We've now moved into also providing services in, into the government legal and compliance market uh, through our operating system and applications that we've developed. Uh, we also have, a, uh, as I mentioned, the advertising agency, which makes up about uh, half our revenues. And then through an acquisition that we did about a year and a half ago, we've got a business that um, has a highly curated uh, video uh, archive um, of, that's owned by third parties. We use our um, artificial intelligence uh, operating system to be able to analyze and identify the specific information within that video content, the video library that's useful for people that are uh, need content for uh, advertising, for documentaries, for television shows or, or movies. So that's kind of the, the company at, at a 30,000 foot level, Jeff. So it sounds like the three areas all fit together and that, that you're eating your own cooking. Yeah, the, the the terminology we use is is eating our own dog food. But yeah, there's there's definitely um, you know the, the uh, artificial intelligence operating system we call it AIware is embedded across uh, all three of those uh, segments of the business um, and helps us to um, provide enhanced uh, capabilities to customers of those businesses, which is why we're 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 seeing uh, good growth across all of those businesses. So so since you were here last, we had a little thing like COVID uh, hit us, and I'm just wondering, how did this pandemic uh, impact you guys in terms of, well, I guess starting in Q1? Yeah, so um, in, in the first quarter, we um, announced our year-end results on March 4th, and um, so basically through the end of February, we, we had seen um, a little bit of disruption in our uh, advertising business. Uh, in that some of our uh, clients there had begun to experience supply chain issues, uh, products that they had had uh, manufactured in, in China uh, were uh, not available, and so they decided to pull back on some of their advertising. That hit us by about $300,000 at that point. However, over the course of, of March, um, you know, kind of the full extent of uh, the pandemic became clear, 
um, our, our content licensing business that I was just uh, referring to a minute ago um, provides a, a good deal of service in the first quarter to the NCAA basketball tournament and also for advertisers that are getting ready for uh, golf tournaments that, that occur in the spring, especially the Masters. And so when um, those events were uh, canceled or postponed, um, it, it took a toll on our revenues. And, and in the first uh, quarter, uh, we lost uh, about $1.5 million of, of revenues um, due to the, the, uh, the pandemic. Um, we, we still delivered a revenue of $11.9 million, which was just down 2%, actually 1.8% on a year-over-year basis. Uh, but uh, you know we did definitely feel the impact of of the uh, uh, pandemic in in the first quarter. Any word on uh, that customer supply chain if that improved or is that still out? Well, um, that was just sort of the, the initial um, tip of the iceberg, if you will. Um, what we've seen is um, a combination of, of factors. We've seen others uh, uh, advertising clients who have. Um, ha- have seen a s- significant reduction in demand for their product, and so they've cut back on their advertising spending. But we've also seen um, other advertisers who um, have uh, seen, because of the their nature of their business, where they do a lot of direct-to-consumer, the demand for their product has actually increased. Um, and uh, so they've allocated more um, money into uh, advertising to uh, connect with those those consumers who are now working from home. Um, plus, we've also seen some customers, come, some clients, where while they've overall cut back their spending uh, on, on advertising, they've determined that the most effective advertising they've got today is the type that we do of um, per, uh, connecting them with, with consumers, especially through podcast, uh, YouTube, and radio. And so they've, uh, while they've cut back overall, they've allocated more spending to us. So um, as we looked into the second quarter, we're expecting to see actually an increase sequentially in that advertising agency revenue um, despite the ongoing um, you know, situation that we're in with a lot of people still being in uh, work-from-home mode. Oh, nice to hear some good news. Uh, now, in terms of uh, SaaS, you, you've really grown that, um, but we haven't seen that translate into a revenue ramp yet. Uh, when do you anticipate that to occur and so we've been we as I, as I mentioned a, a couple months ago we're, we're kind of focused on two different markets within SaaS um, one is media and entertainment and the second one is government legal and compliance so let me talk about media and entertainment first that's okay. that was the, the that's the more mature of the two markets for us we've been um, serving customers um, in that market for about four years now um, and, and we've followed a pretty um, consistent land and expand strategy. So what I mean by that is, is we started with um, large uh, broadcast networks, especially radio, um, and provided services to them in you know an initial market, say a handful of radio stations. Demonstrated that by using um, our services to ingest and create a transcript of their radio broadcasts that that allowed those, uh, the sales managers and the sales teams at those stations to demonstrate that the ads uh, that, they, that were paid for by advertisers ran uh, correctly, do that on a very timely basis, and also marry that up with structured data like uh, ratings information to help the uh, advertisers understand that, uh, you know, measure some sense of the value they were getting from uh, that, their uh, advertising spending. That um, uh, uh, resulted in 
moving from initial um, markets into national program or national adoption of our uh, AIware uh, software uh, across many of these large broadcasters. Um, in the last uh, six months, we've signed an agreement with uh, iHeart uh, Media to move from not just about 230 of their stations to now uh, we've got 903, um, all of their U.S. Uh, radio stations on our platform. So that's, that's you know, w we look at as the, the land that expands, starting with the market, moving to a national campaign, national approach, and then now, um, you know, the kind of their in, in entire fleet of, of stations. What we've, what we've also done is expand the, the capability of our platform by adding a new application called Attribute. And what that does is, is brings in information from the actual advertisers. So, for instance, their Google Analytics to help measure the actual effectiveness of the advertising that they're spending with uh, iHeart. And it helps um, iHeart um, determine the, the value of the advertising, demonstrate the value of the advertising to the advertisers, and helps the advertisers then determine where it's best for them to spend their dollars um, to get the, the highest yield from their uh, campaigns. So we've we've seen good good growth um especially with iheart over the last uh, 6 months we're in a phase now where we've got all of those 900 stations um on our uh platform but uh the the rollout of the of the next version of the attribute application is in testing mode right now with a handful of of iheart markets uh, once that uh, gets fully rolled out, which we expect by the end of the year, we'll look to see a significant uh, in, uh, increase in revenue um, in that uh, AIware SaaS um, line for us. Okay. Uh, on the, yeah. the government legal and compliance side, um, we, we're serving um, a number of different clients from um, state and local law enforcement to the federal government to uh, law firms and, and corporations that are um, managing e-discovery and, and litigation support. Um, we've uh, introduced uh, three specific applications, especially uh, focused on the uh, local law enforcement community. Well, really two for local law enforcement. One that's more from, um, you know, kind of the litigation support, and that litigation support can be district attorney's offices, uh, U.S. Uh, attorneys, or uh, outside law firms. So for future drivers of growth, is it is it deeper penetration into the verticals you have, or is it targeting more verticals or advancement of AI, or what's going to make this really scale? Well, we think that the government legal and compliance market has um, the largest potential uh, for us from a revenue perspective um, that we've got today. So, and and we we're just kind of scratching the surface in that market. Um, the the first quarter revenues in that market were just about five hundred thousand dollars. So we we think that there's tremendous opportunity there just based upon the the sheer size of the amount of audio and video content that these organizations um, have available and need to be able to manage, whether it's in investigations or it's in responding to um, media requests or um, Freedom of Information Act requests from uh, the public. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot to, to just uh, uh, address in those two markets um, directly, but we do see opportunities in, in other markets um, that we're uh, pursuing um, with some of our uh, software engineering and data science teams. Okay. So 
I noticed on the call you guys gave guidance. Can you share that here? And with hardly anybody giving guidance, what guy gave you guys the confidence to give uh, Q2 guidance? Yeah. So um, top line in, in Q1 was a revenue of $11.9 million, and uh, our non-GAAP net loss was uh, $6.7 million. In, in uh, the second quarter, our guidance is uh, revenues to be in the range of $12.2 million to $11.8 million, so a midpoint of $12 million. So, which is relatively consistent with that $11.9 million that we did in the first quarter. And then uh, on the bottom line, uh, we gave a range of a loss of $6.5 million to $6.1 million, um, so a midpoint of uh, $6.3, which would be about a $400,000 reduction from um, the Q1 result. So overall, the, the, the headline is, is we're expecting a relatively flat uh, revenue performance Q1 to Q2, um, but being able to reduce our, our losses uh, due to um, uh, some reductions in, in operating expenses uh, kind of in, in three categories. One is uh, our marketing costs um, are uh, decreased primarily just because of the environment that we're in. There's, there's um, you know, we're not able to travel, we're not able to go to trade shows, um, and so sure. we're more cost-effective there. We've also um, made a significant um, improvement in our operating costs as it relates to compute um, in the cloud uh, through uh, software changes that we've made, and so that'll deliver uh, ongoing improvement from Q1 to Q2. And then we've also, um, you know, in the environment we're in, we, we've slowed down our hiring a little bit, which will help to save some, some dollars uh, from a compensation perspective. So those are the three main drivers as to why we think our, our uh, losses will decline um, sequentially, even though revenues are expected to be pretty flat. Um, Very good. So your, your question about, you know, why are we confident in this? Well, you know, things were, were really um, tumultuous in the second half of, of March and even into the probably the first week of April. But since then, we've seen things kind of stabilize, um, and we've got uh, pretty good visibility into uh, our business um, kind of across the board. So our advertising business, uh, the advertising agency business, I should say, um, has firm commitments from, from clients on their budgets and what they want to spend. Um, and we're working with uh, uh, broadcasters from radio to podcast to um, YouTube influencers to um, spend the money on behalf of, of those uh, uh, advertising clients. Um, so there's, there's firm commitments there, and, and, and we feel pretty good about being able to predict what the, the outcome will be from a revenue perspective there. Our content licensing business is going to be down um, most likely uh, sequentially from Q1 to Q2 um, with the, the uh, really the cancellation or the postponement of all sporting events kind of around the, the world. Um, that's been a big part of our, our revenues in the past, and that uh, uh, causes a disruption for us. Uh, we've done a lot to try to um, use the, the content libraries that we do have, the, the, the curated video archives, and monetize them on behalf of the content owners. Uh, but uh, all those actions are, are um, improving what would have otherwise been an even worse uh, or larger decline due to the uh, suspension of sporting events. And then on the SaaS side, um, you know, we've got um, ongoing annual or longer contracts with people. We're continuing to provide service. Um, even uh, those who um, you know are, are working from home are finding we're finding that they're actually more engaged with our tools in a lot of cases uh, because 
they're not at the office, they're not um, working together, and so working remote and using our cloud uh, solution is, is an effective way for them to monitor and, and improve their, uh, their performance in this environment. Okay. Now, how do we get to, to cash flow break even, and, and do you have the capital now to get there? Well, um, we've starting back in in the second half of last year, we we kind of changed our our approach um, and decided that we really needed to, to focus on getting to uh, cash flow break even. Um, and what that entailed was um, a reassessment of our um, operating expenses. Um, we've taken on an annual basis about $13 million of operating expenses out of the business. Um, you look at the run rate today versus where we were in the third quarter of last year. So um, taking that level of cash operating expenses out of the business helps us to accelerate um, the point at, in time where we will be cash flow break even. Um, we're continuing to be very diligent about that. Um, we've we've delivered, um, actually exceeded the uh, our own internal plans on what we could deliver by um, managing um, you know resources from uh, headcount to outside uh, consultants uh, to things like travel and entertainment, and um, just being very diligent about that. If we we're probably at a level now which is which um, is right sized for the business. Um, we've been able to, to deliver and develop a lot of new applications and just overall improvements in our software. Um, and so we think we're, we're well positioned for revenue growth um, at, at this point without needing to um, bring on um, any significant additional resources. So w with a, a fairly fixed um, operating um, st overhead structure um, and with good um, enhanced products that we're selling, uh, we're expecting revenue growth to be able to um, propel us to the time where we will be cash flow break even. Um, you know, it's difficult to predict exactly when that's going to be, but we think we're much better um, equipped and, and much better prepared to, to do that uh, today than we were um, in the past. As far as the amount of capital we would need, um, you know, we're, we're very confident that we've got uh, the amount of capital that we need for the next um, year. Um, we did uh, borrow uh, $6.5 million from uh, the, the PPP, under the PPP program um, back in, in, uh, in April. We had applied for that on April 3rd and then received the funds on April 14th and, and 15th. Um, and so, you know, based upon the, the criteria that existed uh, when we made the application and we borrowed the money, we feel very good about, uh, you know, our need for that, those funds. Um, with that, the, with those loan proceeds, um, we don't expect to need to raise additional capital um, in, the, in the near term um, as we're progressing towards getting uh, cash flow break even. Um, however, as, as you probably know, Jeff, the, the government has, has continued to revise the, the criteria um, for the, the PPP loan, uh, for the eligibility for the PPP loan, and we're continuing to uh, evaluate that um, in relation to those guidelines, especially as they continue to kind of evolve. And so, um, you know, we'll see whether or not um, it continues to be appropriate for us to, to have that borrowing or if, if we would need to be in a position to repay that, uh, that money. So if you don't have to repay the, the money, and it seems like you shouldn't, but I, I'm not certain, um, does that mean you won't have to tap the ATM any further? Well, we've, what we've said is that we're not in a, we're, we don't need to raise more capital in the near term. 
Um, and so, you know, back to the comment I was making just a minute ago, you know, revenue growth um, will help us to understand, you know, what the, the cash burn is and then see what we can do to uh, minimize that cash burn, which would then minimize the amount of capital we would need to, to raise in the business. At the, end of, at the end of March, we had roughly $25 million of, of unencumbered cash uh, on our balance sheet. Um, and that provides us, you know, a good amount of money to continue to invest in the business. Um, obviously, if it, with, uh, you, you know, uh, solid revenue growth, um, not just flat like we're seeing from Q1 to Q2, but as we gain traction and, and hopefully see uh, improvements in the, in the overall environment um, in the second half of the year, that would uh, reduce the amount of cash that we would need to, to use um, and would prolong the, 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 you know, the, the, uh, our ability to operate without having to raise capital. Okay. So what are your biggest concerns at this time? You know, I think that um, the the concerns that that, that I see are, are more about um, you know kind of the the macro. I think that that we've done a good job of of organizing organizing ourselves internally. I think we've got good um, alignment from product development, software engineering, and sales. Um, I, I think that the you know the biggest part of our business, our advertising agency, um, has withstood a, a pretty significant changeover in the environment for the marketplace in, in the overall advertising market, and I think that uh, you know they, they've they're they're uh, um, excelling in this type of an environment. So it, it's it, you know I think that what we can control internally, I think we've got a good handle on. And it's really a matter of uh, looking outside. Um, you know when will um, things. Uh, you know, get to a, a more stabilized or more consistent uh, uh, business environment for um, ultimately consumers, but also businesses to feel ready to, you know, um, be uh, spending in ways that they have in the past, whether that's um, advertising for sporting events um, or buying um, new software to enhance the capabilities of their uh, broadcast organization or um, for uh, government agencies to be more uh, efficient and more effective in fulfilling their uh, missions. Okay. And the, and the flip side, what, what are you most excited about? Well, I, I think, you know, that, that we've been, we've been in, a, in a position to um, invest in our AIware uh, software, the, the SaaS side of our business, for four or five years now. And um, we've made, in the last six to nine months, we've made tremendous um, strides in having our platform be more uh, stable and reliable, and frankly, the, the, the performance of it is uh, significantly better. We're uh, performing at a real-time basis where in the past uh, there was a, a delay in, in uh, receiving results uh, from the, uh, the process of doing the AI uh, analysis of, of unstructured content. So that opens up, um, you know, even more um, use cases for us. So I think that the, the improvement in, in the uh, fundamental software and then the development of the applications, in many cases we're, we're kind of on version 2.0 or 3.0 now. We've um, you know, been through sort of the MVP phase. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from uh, trials in the marketplace. We've incorporated that feedback into the product. And so um, you know, now is a great time for us to uh, be able to uh, showcase uh, the capabilities that we've got both from the core platform as well as from the specific applications for the markets that we're in and um, demonstrate to the end market, the end customers, 
um, you know, the, the value that we're providing to them. So I'm, I'm really excited about what, uh, you know, the next three to six months will do uh, for us in, in demonstrating that capability uh, to the markets that we're uh, pursuing. Now, uh, as an investor, are there any events or news flow that we should look for? We, we've been keeping people abreast um, as uh, developments occurred. Um, just uh, we're, we're, we're recording this on May 13th. Uh, just yesterday, we, we announced that we've uh, been awarded a contract by the Department of Justice to provide uh, services um, for um, their uh, uh, offices around the country, as, as well as the uh, the uh, headquarters in in DC. And so, um, you know, that's that's the way that we've been communicating with investors. Is is as significant uh, developments occur, um, we've been providing um, press releases, and and those press releases uh, obviously are are useful for investors to kind of keep a pulse on the company, but they also, um, I think, more importantly, demonstrate to um, others in the marketplace, um, you know, the the the, uh, the expansion that we've got, and, and I think it it spurs. Um, other organizations to think about, uh, um, you know, looking at us as a solution for them. We had a, um, a situation just last week where uh, the Anaheim City Council awarded us a one-year contract to use um, a, a, our Identify application um, uh, for their police department to use our Identify application to assist them in investigating uh, crimes. Um, and the nice thing about that is that's just another proof point, um, especially something that, that got ratified unanimously by the city council to um, you know, demonstrate to other uh, cities and, and police departments the, uh, the usefulness of our product and, and its real-life traction um, with uh, a city the size of Anaheim. Very good. So before we go, is there any uh, message or takeaway you want us to have? You know, Jeff, I appreciate the the, uh, the opportunity to, to to talk to you and and update everybody. And and uh, you know, I think that that we're, we're um, we've done a lot. Like I was just summarizing from um, you know the business perspective, um, our advertising business is doing doing well in this environment. Our content licensing business is a bit of a pause because of the um, especially the sports. Um, the, the suspension of, of sporting events, but as that ramps back up, we, we expect to see some um, improvement in our marketplace there. And then everything that we've done um, from both a, a platform and technology perspective as well as from an application perspective gives us a lot of opportunity on, on the SaaS side. So we're, we're, we're um, optimistic about the future. Very good. Well, thank you again for sharing the Veritorn story and, and giving us the update. You're welcome. Good to talk to you.